Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. How was it meeting Woody Johnson? How was that meeting? Oh, that was, that was, you know, it's, it's always interesting meeting important figures in the sport. Um, yeah, it's always interesting. That's all I'm giving you. just there now? That's all I'm giving you. Hey, Rod. Stay tuned. Stay tuned? How Stay long tuned. we got to wait? Well, I think it won't be long. tough read behind those sunglasses and when you watch the whole interview of Brandon Marshall with Aaron Rodgers I I was looking for any clue as to whether or not he has warmed up to the idea of actually changing teams and playing for the Jets look he's in the same spot he was in a year ago Chris he's in the plane the parachutes on the helmet is strapped into place the goggles are in position he's standing at the opening last year he did not jump this year, will he jump? And for a guy who seems to be very accustomed to habit and familiarity, he always wants his guys around. Why does he want those guys around? Because they're familiar. It's comfortable. It's normal. There's going to be a lot of abnormal if he goes from Green Bay to New York. And that's basically where we are right now. Right. We are waiting for Aaron Rodgers to decide what he wants to do. There were conflicting reports over the weekend as to whether or not there's a framework for a trade in place. Do you really think the Packers would have let the Jets talk to Aaron Rodgers? The Packers didn't have an idea what the Jets were going to give and if they right. didn't think it was going to be something. Exactly. Do you really think that's going to be the hold up here? Aaron Rodgers is going to say, yeah, I want to play for the Jets. And then, then the Packers and the Jets get into some impasse that keeps it from happening. Baloney. Look, the Mark Murphy comments from over the weekend, we're going to play them in a second, but good Lord, it is clear now. The Packers are done. The Packers are moving on. And their only risk at this point is that they're so blatant about it that Rodgers stays just to create chaos. That's the only reason he would stay at this point, because they don't want him. So the question is, will they, will they have to deal with the possibility of Rodgers staying simply for spite? And I'd like to think, that he realizes after being locked in a darkened closet for two days, life's too damn short to do anything for spite. Yeah, this is uh, different than last year, right? I mean, last year he was coming off the MVP. He was the man. Green Bay was too scared to, I think, even like, I don't know if they really wanted to live life without Aaron Rodgers at that point. Denver, there was some things, hey, yeah, it's a first-time head coach. Okay, it's it's a team that, yeah, wasn't very good. How good can they possibly be? What's the potential of that team? So there's some things there that I think if you're an Aaron Rodgers and you're in the plane with, you know, the parachute all buckled in and everything and ready to go, where you go, oh, I don't know if I want to jump. The Jets one's a little different. Things have changed completely, like you're saying here. I mean, one, the Packers have made it clear that they'd like to move on. That that that's That's over, right? 
Two, the other thing here is, you know, the Jets, he got to – it's different than what we saw from Denver as compared to last year when he, when he was flirting with both teams there. You know, the Jets, he, he saw it. They're good. They're really good. He got to see it in, in, first, you know, in, in first person when he got to play them too, and they couldn't move the ball on the Jets' defense at all. So he knows that this team's ready, and, you know, it's not a first-time head coach. And it's a guy that's the offensive coordinator that's his buddy. And I know he was in Denver last year, but he was a first-time head coach at this. This time it's truly an offensive coordinator that's just going to be with him hands-on all the time. So I think there's more positives for Rodgers to jump out of the plane and go to the Jets one here than there was last year with the, with the Denver Broncos. But, yeah, you've said it, Mike. I mean, the shocking thing is the Green Bay's made a stand here. They have delicately – without being a jerk, have said they'd like to move on and that him coming back is not the top option. And it's shocking to hear because it's been a long time since we've heard that with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But it seems like it's almost retirement or Jets at this point. Well, the approach seemed to have been by the Packers. Sit back and kind of like just stay quiet. Yeah, right. Let's see how this plays out. You know, kind of like – kind of like – the, this is the best thing I can come up with in the moment. Kind of like the scientists have the experiment. It's like it's the clock's ticking or you're waiting for the rocket to launch. You're just kind of sitting there. You don't want to jinx anything. You don't want to say anything. You just sit back. We're just going to sit back and let this play out. And then comes Mark Murphy, the Packers CEO, who got too close to a microphone on Friday and said some of the stuff that maybe could get Aaron Rodgers sufficiently pissed off that he decides to say, I'm not leaving. Here's Murphy from Friday. We did give him permission, but I, I really can't get into the details. And just we're really hopeful that we can reach a resolution that works not only for Aaron, but for us. Is there a scenario where Aaron is still the starting quarterback of the Packers next season? Um, yeah. I mean, unless if things don't work out uh, uh, the way we would want them, yeah. I mean, uh, he's obviously a great player and, uh, you know, four-time MVP and, uh, but, you know, I think it's, you know, trying to find, uh, you know, what, what he wants and what we want. And uh, hopefully we can find a win-win situation. So the scenario by which he'd return as the starter would be if things don't work out the yeah. way we want them. Good <laughs> Lord. Hey, welcome I back, mean, Aaron. Give, give, that, give that man a pack of crackers and chew them all up, Mark, please. We are just about to pull this off, and you're going to screw everything up by making Aaron Rodgers sufficiently pissed off that he just says, you owe me $60 million. Here I am. Deal with me. In a separate interview, Mark Murphy was speaking of Aaron Rodgers in the past tense. Not that he has you know, gone to the great beyond, but that he's no longer a Packer. Brett had a great career. Aaron had a great career. Uh, He'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He'll be in our Hall of Fame. We'll bring him back and retire his number. You don't say we'll bring him back and retire his number if he's still there. He's gone. As far as the Packers are concerned, this guy is gone. The moment they authorized the Jets to talk to him, he's gone, folks. Because it was two years ago the 49ers called and said, hey, could you be interested in trading Aaron Rodgers? And they laughed and hung up the phone in Green Bay. How far we've come in two years, Chris. They authorized the Jets to talk to him. The moment they did that is the moment he's gone. Everything else is just detailed. Yeah, everything else. Yes, and it's, it's, it's some, definitely some passive-aggressive you know, statements there, for sure. That would you know piss me off if I'm Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, London. Right? But, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. It's too late to apologize <laughs> after some of the stuff we said last segment. <laughs> and then, you know, two years ago, Jordan Love – they knew he wasn't ready, so they weren't going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. You know, they feel like he's ready now. They do. And, you know, to your prior point with the conversation and allowing him to talk to the Jets and, you know, there's conversation out there that, you know, is, is there parameters in the deal in place? Of course there is. I mean, of course. I, this is, I don't think this is going to be that hard to figure out when it's all said and done. I mean, you know, if you listen to what we're saying here, it's – it's a trade that both teams want to make happen, right? And one team's looking to totally move on and get $60 million off the books and started, start a new quarterback and a new era. And the other team's just going, please, we need any quarterback you know, that's had some success in football because we feel like we're ready. So I, I, it, I, it's, it, to me, it's just all about Rodgers. And right now, where his mind is at and, 
yeah, he can't love what he's hearing from Green Bay. I, I have a hard time at this point picturing him going back there, you know, no matter what, with kind of what's being said and thrown out there. I do. I think it would look honestly a little weird if he went back to the, the Green Bay Packers football team right now. To where, yeah, like I said a second ago, I kind of feel like it's Jets or he's not going to play anymore. And I, am I crazy I just to think wonder that? whether there's any other option out there. No, yeah. no, I think you're right. Yeah. I think I think it's Jets or retire. I don't think he wants to put himself through being with a team that doesn't want him. Now, right. I don't rule out him trying to underscore the fact that they're the bad guys here, not him. I just don't think he cares about that anymore. I think a couple of years ago he would have been far more interested in allocating blame. He's taken that heel turn. He's embraced it. He, he seems to enjoy it. I don't think he cares like he used to what people think. I don't know. I still think he cares, but not as much as he used to care. And I don't see him wanting to drag the Packers into the mud. But I just can't help but wonder whether or not there is some other potential team out there. That Whether or not this hesitation is him truly deliberating whether he wants to play for the Jets or waiting to see if someone else enters the mix. Or maybe there's someone else that's already in the mix that we don't know about. I can't rule that out either. Sure. It would be the first time that secret stuff happened, that everybody keeps secret and we don't know about it. Rich, I was on with Rich Eisen on Friday, and he made a pretty strong case for the Raiders to get into this thing. You know, not, and it's Devontae Adams is the most obvious wrinkle, but, you know, we talked to McDaniels at the scouting combine. Tom Brady has basically ruined him on other quarterbacks. He didn't come out and say it that way, but that was the gist of it. That was the gist of our question. And Aaron Rodgers is the closest thing right now to the GOAT that you're going to have. Yeah. No. So, yeah, it may, it may not be the, the most – natural relationship given the way that Josh McDaniels likes to coach a team and the way Aaron Rodgers likes to be coached, but you adjust your style if you get the closest thing to Tom Brady. So I, I and, and, and if there's like an NFC team he wants to play for and the Packers are saying, we're not going to trade you an NFC team. I think Rodgers has the ammunition now to make the kind of power play that would force them to do it because they want to get rid of him. Uh, if the Jets thing doesn't work out, I just wonder is there some other team he wants to try to force his way to that's in the NFC that the Packers don't want to trade him to? Because I feel like what happened on Friday made it much harder for the Packers to cross their arms and say, we're not trading you to an NFC team. Yeah, I would agree with that. I feel like they kind of, you know, went a little far down that road, you know, even before Friday to, to, to a degree, you know, just with some of the, the cryptic message that was out there. But, uh, I mean, options are limited. That's the thing that I think is, you know, kind of crazy as we're seeing here. Some of these teams, I mean, we get back into the teams that, you know, we're talking about with Lamar. Atlanta seems like they're okay with where they're at right now, right? The Washington Commanders, they're a team, okay, we look at, I don't know, are they sitting in the weeds for an Aaron Rodgers and Lamar? I don't picture it happening with the Raiders, but the Raiders are one of those teams, Mike, that we can go back to the, you know, first pick of the draft conversation if they wanted to draft a quarterback, they're a little bit in no man's land right now where it stands as far as, you know, maybe one of the top two pocket passers in the draft. So, they, you know, but, but I don't see that being a long-term answer for them or necessarily McDaniels and Rodgers meshing. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm with you. I haven't heard anything to, to think that there's other teams out there. I feel like we would have heard it by now if there was some flirting going on. Uh, I'm just hoping we hear an answer from Rodgers about this whole thing here in the next 24 hours or so. Well, well, and look, one of the other problems here, his assessment of what is timely, I think, is different from everyone else's. I think it was something he should have let everyone know before the week of the scouting combine when deals kind of unofficially begin to get done. I think that he needs to let everyone know by noon Eastern today. Because that's the moment that free agent deals start to get unofficially done. Although they're a lot more closer to official than they were, uh, or a lot, a lot more close to official than they were during the week of the scouting combine. You've got Packers players who are going to become free agents who may be heading to New York. Sauce Gardner, the Jets cornerback, said one night last week there will be package deals, and I suspect it's going to be Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, maybe Alan Lazard. Lazard reportedly waiting to see what Rodgers is going to do before he makes a decision, and there's several teams hot for Lazard, and if he wants to maybe 
partner up with Aaron Rodgers again with the Jets. He needs to know what's going on by noon. So I really do think, and this is his way to upstage the start of free agency. Aaron, you really want to make a splash? Make it known this morning what you're going to do. Make it known that you're going to the Jets if that's what you're going to do, because then everybody else knows where they stand and everyone else can act accordingly. But, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know whether he likes this. I, this is the last time he's ever really going to be the center of the NFL's attention, right? Maybe Probably. he's just going you're to right. this and enjoy it for all it's worth. And maybe he's just going to do whatever he needs to do. Now, even that, like you said, the next 24 hours, the absolute deadline is the start of the league year because he's got a $58.3 million option bonus yeah. that counts his salary until the option is exercised. It drops his cap number down to $15 million for this year um, as it relates to that option bonus and his base salary. If he's traded, that's what the Jets would do right away. But if he's in Green Bay, what the hell are the Packers going to do? See, that's his nuclear option in yeah, all this. Right. The Packers got to they, they, they got to deal with this with this cap number. They got to exercise the option bonus and pay him all this money. I don't know why the hell the Packers agreed to put themselves in this predicament this year. If they were thinking last year, it may only be one more year. Yeah. You know, the whole context of the negotiations last year were let's make it easy for Aaron to walk away if he chooses to retire after one year. It it was not made easy for the Packers to walk away. Oh no, well, he had all the power. Year. That's what. That's what. Yeah. And he's got it all now. That's the thing. His contract, and I said this back when he was first in his meanderings about what he's going to do. He really does have all the power, and he's he's using it very passively now by taking his time. At some point, he may have to pull the pin on the grenade to really send the message that he he has opted for chaos for the Green Bay Packers. But um, I I don't know. So I feel like something something is holding him back. Whether it's he wants to have the attention or he really doesn't want to change teams, he really doesn't want to go to a new city, new coaching staff, new everything after all these years in Green Bay. Hey, it's um, tough. It's I, I just, tough. I just I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's, it's, it can't be easy. You could you could relate to, as to a guy who doesn't like to leave West Virginia very often, right? You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's it's it's, and I'm just being funny, but you know, I I, I saw him torment my dad when you know his career was over the Giants, and he thought about going to play for the Cleveland Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know, it's whack. Wow. Man, do I really want to start something new with a new team? And I've been so used to this one way of life and living here in this area. So it is a tough decision. And I, I understand it taking some time. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, there's a lot of things that I think are playing into this, let alone just the pure, simple fact of the matter of like, wait, do I really want to invest myself fully here, you know, another year with a new team? Or do I want to call it quits? And I, I think that's really percolating through his brain, which in some ways is a little scary to me too if I'm the Jets and want to trade for him. <laughs> that, that's the other side of this too. The pressure on him will be withering to show up for the offseason program. Definitely. To be involved. Yeah. Because there's even more reason this year to be all in as you get to know your new teammates and your new coaches. And, you, and yeah, yes, you've got Nathaniel Hackett, which helps, but still – the New York media is not going to go easy on this guy if he just decides during the offseason program in a year when he's making $60 million to not show up when he needs to get himself properly ensconced in his new surroundings. So I think that's part of it, too. I think he realizes at some level he can't behave the way he has the past few years. That's a reason to stay in Green Bay or a reason to possibly retire. And it's got to be hard to walk away from $60 million. I mean, I don't care. Doing one more year of what you've done since 2005 – for $60 million. That's hard to say no to. Yeah. Now, he's probably got more yeah. money than he can ever spend. Right. But still, it's $60 million to do for one more year the thing you've already done every year, year after year since 2005. So I, I understand why it's taking time. I understand that it's not an easy thing for him to do. And will I? I and I say yeah, still. And if he retires, if he retires, he's he's down at the bottom of the marquee on the weekend. Tom Brady goes into the Hall of Fame. Let's not forget that. I still don't rule out the crackpot theory that I came up with a few weeks ago of Rodgers retiring now and unretiring later. 
I don't. I still don't rule that out. And and what putting a squeeze on them more than to maybe what let time filter what for what reason to let time and like maybe another team or two filter in this conversation that they go they evaluate themselves and go oh wait we really need a quarterback oh damn we could really use Aaron Rodgers like that that kind of move is what you're talking about that that basically it's the the power play to force the Packers to send him where he wants to go yeah I mean that that's the the thing that I am not ruling out as a possibility there's a team out there that Rodgers wants to play for above all others and there's something that is keeping it from happening and if that something is originating from the Packers and they're not going to relent now the way to get them to relent is to retire and then just show up in July like Brett Favre did and force their hand because Unlike with Favre 15 years ago, they'd have a cap mess if Rodgers shows up. Well, um, the and 49ers also, also might that approach allows him. Uh, that's that's the, the one. The 49ers that's would be the, the one, one team that you'd go, that would fit it. Oh, wait, Brock Purdy, his elbow, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. He's not going to be ready till early October, right? We don't want to start Trey Lance, whatever. We're too good. We're a Super Bowl team. That'd be the team that would fit that mold of like, oh, maybe I want to make that type of power play, you know. But then again, too, did, yeah, there's a lot of things that go into that. But to your point, I could see that being the team that could maybe stir that up a little. There was one last thing, too. If you watch the full interview of Aaron Rodgers by Brandon Marshall, they have a conversation about how long you need to be with a team to be considered an all-time great because – it was kind of funny because Rodgers thinks of Marshall as a bear and Marshall referred to himself as an all-time Jets great. And he was only there for a handful of years. But Rodgers said, can you be an all-time great if you're only with a team for one year? And that may have been the Freudian slip that it is just one year. If it is just one year, if this is it, if this is one year, aren't you going to go to the place where you think you have the chance to do something that adds to your legacy I don't know if it's just one year. I don't know. So um, it it uh, it's going to be fascinating. And as I said, it needs to happen by noon Eastern today. But it wouldn't be the first time Aaron Rodgers and I disagree on something, on anything, on everything. <laughs> and I could see him milking this a few more days, Chris, because this is it. He's in the spotlight. He is the center of the NFL's universe right now. We're all waiting for Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's keenly aware of it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's keenly aware for sure. You know, I, I hope he's not doing it for those reasons. I would hope he's doing it for, you know, for, hey, it's a tough decision. But you kind of said it right a few minutes ago, too. You know, at some point, yeah, you, you got to make a decision to, to help himself. He wants to go play for the New York Jets. Hey, let them get their, their cash, you know, and their checkbook in, in order here to plan for free agency and what they wanted to do with their team here. He's a big domino that needs to fall for, for both teams to kind of figure out where they want to go. And, you know, he doesn't want to cut off his nose to spite, own, spite his own face here in this one. Boom. One, one, one last point. One last point. I thought you were, were going to go. I thought you were going to go, <laughs> Michael Scott. Cut off his nose to spider face. Um, but uh, if the Jets don't get him, holy crap. I mean, they're all in with this, and they've done nothing to push back on any of the stuff Sauce Gardner's been saying. They're all in with Aaron Rodgers. If they don't get Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be an acceptable substitute. Baker Mayfield is not going to be an acceptable substitute. They're either going to have to make a play for Lamar Jackson, or they're going to have to do the Matthew Stafford thing we were talking about earlier. They're and even then, it feels like second choice to Aaron Rodgers. They are all in with trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, that's the other, that's the one I think of. If it doesn't go there, they're going to turn their attention to him. Uh, but, yeah, their, their options are going to be limited, seriously, if they don't land Rodgers, that's for sure. If I'm, if I'm Garoppolo, I don't want to go there as the fallback to Aaron Rodgers. I really don't. I mean, it just, it just, it's going to be extra venom and vitriol. There's going to be a lot of pissed-off Jets fans yeah. if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's part of this as well. And the other danger, and then we got a break, he's going to have a ton of power walking through the door. They basically, yeah. they basically kissed the ring in the butt of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he, he takes over that team for as long as he's there. That's already a given. All right, let's take a break. Uh, a lot of players become free agents this week. There's a guy who's been a free agent for nearly a year who is still looking for a team, and he held a workout on Friday, and he's got some expectations in mind, and we're going to break it all down when PFT Live continues right after this. 
Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tyreek Hill taking a break from football to run a 60-meter race. Look at that jump. That jump is more impressive than what comes next. And what comes next is, see you later, guys. Sorry, we know you trained really hard for this, but Tyreek Hill just shows up and blows everyone away. It's the Masters Indoor Championships, USA track and field, and off goes Tyreek Hill. I I know guys train and run all the time. I just always get a little nervous that you're going to get yourself injured doing something other than football training, but you can still get injured in football training, and I like it when guys go out and show what they can do against athletes who are well-trained in that sport. But news alert, Tyreek Hill is fast. He is fast. If you didn't know, you now know he's fast. I'd love to see him against a little bit better competition, right? I mean, that's a hell of a time and all that, but the – the, the true superstars of like the 60 meter dash, right? They're running a, a little considerably faster than that. But Tyree Kill, he's one of those guys where there's no question if he was 17 or 18 years old and said, wait, forget about football. I want to go to the Olympics and be in the 100 meter dash. I don't have any doubt that he'd be in the final heat of the 100 meter dash. Uh, not saying he'd win it, but whatever. He'd be up there. He's. I don't know. He's top three fastest guys I've ever seen in the history of football, Mike. I don't know if you agree with that, but Dion, Tyreek, Daryl Green, and probably Chris Johnson, those four right there, I feel like Joey Galloway, those five, I'll say, to me, stand above the rest of uh, the rest of football. Now, the Masters class means older, so uh, that's another reason why he blew those guys away. (laughs) It just seems unfair that he was even involved, and this jump really is unfair, too. I mean, watch this. Watch how effortless it is for Tyree Kill to springboard. It's like he's on a trampoline, and there's no trampoline. It's incredible. Look at that. Yeah, well, the other guy does a jump right before it, and it's not nearly the same. No, no, no. Tyree Kill is uh, an explosive athlete, elite at everything that he does, and uh, the Dolphins uh, trying to make moves to become an even better team. Hey, they could go out and get Odell Beckham Jr. He's available. The Dolphins were not one of the teams that attended his workout on Friday. Now, this was weird, and l- let me just give you a little bit of the background. When Odell Beckham Jr. did his three-team tour late in the 2022 regular season, Bills, Giants, Cowboys, he refused to work out. And I think part of the attitude is, and this is something I'm gleaning just from the whole OBJ persona, who he's been, who he is, kind of crosses over from athlete into celebrity. Kind of like, I shouldn't have to do this. I shouldn't have to work out. I shouldn't have to prove myself to anyone. I'm OBJ. So finally he relents, and it's like, okay, I'm not going to go – to Buffalo and work out. I'm not going to go here and work out. I'm going to go one place, one time, one day. Anybody who wants to see it can show up. And they got one day's notice. It was on the NFL personnel notice on Thursday. He did the workout on Friday. 12 teams had representatives there. He worked out. And, of course, there had been mixed reviews about – and it doesn't matter how he runs and catches passes. I mean, it matters to an extent. What matters is what's he going to look like when he's out on a field. And, Chris, the, the number was out there. During 
the 2022 season, 20 million a year. I'm told that's still the number. And I don't see anybody giving him a multi-year deal or a one-year deal worth $20 million. He's going to have to prove himself before he unlocks any kind of significant payment. He's 31 years old. He's coming off of two ACL tears. He hasn't played since Super Bowl 56. He hasn't played very much at all the past three years. It's he, he, He's not in a position to be greedy. He's not in a position to be unrealistic. He's not in a position to rest on past laurels. No, I, I, I would I would agree with you on all that. I mean, again, hey, we saw you know, from everything I've seen on social media, you know, some of the clips there, hey, he looks great. There, there's no doubt about that. His ability to run, stick his foot in the ground. We know it's all-time great hands, but, like, agreed with what you're saying there. You know, yeah, we, we hit on this a lot during the season, right? I think both of us heard from a number of teams kind of associated with the Odell Beckham Jr., you know, flirtation there in December that, yeah, price tag was an issue, that there was, it was, you know, a lot of money being asked. And I think, you know, yeah, some years put on that. And, and I'm with you, Mike. It's as much as I love Odell Beckham Jr., yeah, that, I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I don't see a multi-year deal for big money happening. Odell's going to have to prove himself. It's exactly what you're saying. You know, maybe he can get a deal that's, hey, good money, and then it's, you know, laid out with a bunch of incentives, and he goes for over 1,000 yards and gets over eight reception touchdowns or whatever, th- anything like that. Then he starts to, you know, hit some escalators and whatever there. But I can't imagine anybody giving him $20 million for the reasons you said. You know, it's two out of three years with an ACL injury. It's not a ton of playing over the last few years because of the injuries, the changing of the team, all of that. Teams are gonna, they're gonna want to see him for a little bit and see him do it for with a little consistency over a period of time before they throw big money out at a guy at that age with with that injury. There's always a story behind the story, and when something unusual happens, like a joint workout for any interested team on one day's notice, I really wonder what kind of push and pull has happened between Beckham and his representatives. Because I could envision a scenario, and this is all speculation, but it's circumstantial evidence of what we saw working backward to understand it. It wouldn't surprise me if the agents had been pushing him to go work out for these teams. Odell, you're not going to get what you're looking for unless you go work out. You you have two torn ACLs, the same ACL twice torn. You have to go show these people what you can do. They're not going to pay you sight unseen. Okay, I'll do it, but I'll do one workout. Okay, fine. But still, there's that level of expectation, Chris, and I won't be surprised if he signs a deal. If it's some kind of a multi-year deal that looks like it's $20 million a year, but when you inspect it, it's one year. Yeah, right. And the team has a clear opportunity to sure. tear it up after one year before it unlocks bigger money. Because it's going to be that, that combination yeah. of football value and just ego and perception. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just a reality. Some of these deals are done for ego. Some of these deals are done for how they're going to look. We talked earlier about the politics of the Rams' decisions. Teams make decisions based on how things are going to look. Players make decisions based on how things are going to look. And I think he's going to want to emerge from whatever contract he signs looking like he won big, even if the fine print tells us it's a one-year contract. Yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked. I I think you're on the right track there. And, yeah, for for the team's sake, it's, yeah, a one-year rental where, okay, wow, it looked really good. We like you. Now we're willing to pay you, you know, the next year and the year after that because you, you played a full season, you were productive, you looked awesome, you're still explosive. But I think it goes back into the same conversation we've had two years in a row with Odell Beckham Jr. Go to the team. Don't worry about the price tag. You know, sure, I know we're going to worry about it to a degree, but go to the team that's going to set you up for the most success to where you can capitalize off of that. That's what we've been saying with OBJ. And that's why a team like – you know, hey, yeah, that type of contract that you're explaining, go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Or maybe maybe they only pay you $8, $10 million for this year. But it can lock what you're talking about. Big money in the future. The Bills, you know, team like that. Uh, the 49ers, where you go, wait, they're going to be good. I know the offense is going to be good. I don't have to be the necessarily total focal point, but I'm going to get mine and show everybody exactly who I still am as a football player. To me, that would be the best route for him to ultimately end up capitalizing on the most he can possibly get. And it is a damn shame because he was there. Could you imagine what he would have gotten last year if he'd been the Super Bowl MVP and that torn ACL, non-contact, 
unfortunate for him. And I think that's part of what he's trying to process. I was there. I'm sure he feels like he deserves more than what he's going to get. Yeah. This is a cruel sure. and cold business. They are only going to pay you, not for what you've done, but what they think you're going to do. We're trying to figure out what the commanders are going to do. Now that they all of a sudden sign franchise tag, defensive tackle, Deron Payne to a long-term contract, it creates plenty of cap space. What are they thinking about doing with that cap space? And is there a certain quarterback out there they may be thinking about pursuing? We'll be discussing that next here on PFT Live. Deron Payne, in a word and an emoji. Mood, smiling. He should be. Four-year... $90 $90 million contract to replace the franchise tag. He was due to make $18 million and change. And the timing of this was fascinating to me, Chris, because the commanders had already tagged him, and the commanders and Payne had until July 15 to work out a long-term deal. I'm told there was an urgency to do this yesterday. They came in and made a strong offer to get Payne to accept it. What it did yesterday was it created cap space going into free agency. Now, they already had around $15 million or so, but now they have another nine and a half, nine point four on top of what they had. And that puts them in range, and they have to do a little more cap, but it's not that hard to do cap reshufflings and create cap space. But this was an easy way for them to create nearly $10 million. Uh, he's going to be with the team for the foreseeable future. But, you know, I'm always looking for evidence. Sure that helps support one of my half-baked narratives. And, of course, as you know, one of my half-baked narratives is the commanders may be hiding in the weeds to make a run at Lamar Jackson. And it goes all the way back to Ron Rivera with us at the Super Bowl when he said basically they're not interested in any veteran starting quarterbacks a year after they called every team to see who was available to be traded, and they're going all in with Sam Howell. There was just something about that that didn't seem right to me, and it, it got me thinking after they hired Eric Bieniemy to be offensive coordinator, maybe they are thinking about making a play for Lamar Jackson. And step one is to get the Ravens to apply the non-exclusive franchise tag, which they did, and now the commanders, they have the cap space to do it. The question is, Chris, Will they just show up and say, hey, Lamar, here's your five-year fully guaranteed contract that you've been trying to get and that the Ravens won't give you? Well, I, I mean, that would be interesting. It's an interesting theory. And I, I'm one to, you know, put me in the camp of, like, I, I still don't believe they're just going to roll out the red carpet for Sam Howell. You know, they, I know they just said that he's going to have to compete. Who's that going to be that they bring into town to compete with him? Uh, there's the Daniel Snyder selling of the football team. You know, does he want to do that? Does he want to stick it to the owners? Is it a good look for the next owner? Does he want to be stuck with that contract? I mean, there's a lot of things that play into this conversation. But, I mean, the main point is, yeah, there's a need for a quarterback. There's an offensive coordinator and some players on that side of the ball, too, that, you know, got some potential like we've talked about. I mean, between Jahan Dotson, McLaurin, and and, uh, Samuel, Curtis Samuel, like, wow. And then we know the running backs are damn good there in Washington. So, I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm interested, intrigued to see where this goes. I mean, the Lamar Jackson thing, really, I know you know the Aaron Rodgers stuff is all cool, but the Lamar Jackson thing is way more fascinating. We're talking about, about a guy in the prime of his career who's an awesome football player, been the MVP, gotten offered one of the best contracts ever, didn't take it, and now we're still sitting here and we have no clue what is going to go on. And I just, I, I mean, get your popcorn ready. I don't know what the hell's going to go on here. And Washington, you know, because of you and your theories and the things you've thrown out there, yeah, you got me watching them a little bit now too. I hear you. And look, it gives the commanders an elite quarterback from their backyard. It makes sense in a lot of ways. It really is the ultimate middle finger to the NFL at a time when there's a resistance to doing five-year fully guaranteed contracts. Snyder signs a quarterback to a five-year fully guaranteed contract on his way out the door, and it, and it, it ties the next owner's hands. And look, the, the money's going to be spent anyway on players. The only issue is that escrow payment. And here's the reality. The escrow payment, the massive payment that has to be made in order to comply with the funding rule, that's not due until March 31, 
2024. That's next owner's problem, too. So there are many reasons to look at this and say, Daniel Snyder may be up to something. Now, here's the real question, Chris. This is something that this is next level on the speculation chart. If Snyder would be the one to sign Lamar Jackson to a five-year fully guaranteed contract, something Steve Bishotti, the owner of the Ravens, refuses to give to Lamar Jackson. Would Bishotti match it? Because it's Snyder. Anybody else? Take him. Snyder, you're going to give the middle finger to me. I'm giving the middle finger to you. I'm not letting you do this. That's what I can't wait to see happen. If, if this escalates, would Bashadi match a five-year fully guaranteed contract? Because then he could say to the owners, I didn't do this. I'm not the one who signed him to it. I'm just matching the offer. Yeah, I, it's I, it's interesting. It is. You know, it's, it's yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I could see that. We know there's, you know, some people that got some personal feelings towards Daniel Snyder. You know, I just think it's, it's funny where, yeah, I didn't think there was any way Lamar Jackson's going to get a guaranteed contract, or nobody is, unless, you know, something like what the Browns happened, totally dysfunctional, and here we are, and we're going, wait, we found a team that might be dysfunctional, and actually the stars might align to where, you know, this could actually happen. You know, but I, I don't know. At the same time, like to some of the points that I wanted to bring up, like, all right, so if he signs him to this, you know, this huge contract, he's got to what if he gives him a hundred million in the first year, he's going to have to pay him that, right? You know, will that ultimately, you know, too, does it hurt the value of the team at all? In your opinion, where an owner looks at it and goes, oh well, wait, I didn't know if I want to be really associated with this contract and this this you know quarterback. Whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing out theories right now just to kind of flush it out. That, that's not a bad theory, but here's the reality. Yeah. This is an appreciating asset that is going to continue to appreciate. Right. It is going to keep going up by billions. You've got a salary cap anyway. You've got to spend the money on your players. Why wouldn't you want a better team if you're coming in as a new owner? Lamar Jackson makes you a better team. And the fact that the old owner did the thing that the other owners don't want you to do, give out a fully guaranteed contract, that gives you cover. So I don't see that being an impediment to selling I hope the not. team. I hope There not. are people who want that team, and I just – this is just – it makes too much sense oh, for it to not It would happen. be awesome. If it I was Ron – yeah. It would be beautiful. They're, 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 you know, the weapons are there. You know, their defense is damn good. It's, again, a little bit like Miami, and we talked like them. Like, they're kind of ready. This is the one thing they're, they're missing. You know, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm certainly thinking about it. And I will say, I'm so sick of the shit online and what people say about, like, Lamar the player. I know people, for some reason, think I don't like, like you. I don't like Lamar because I'm telling yeah. him to get a contract so he can secure his life. How dare I actually care about the person, all right? You know, but – at the same time, the damn, the damn guy is, I mean, like we've talked, is super talented. He's one of the most fun to watch in the sport. And would everybody stop with the, oh, he's a running back? Well, why does nobody have a problem with Jalen Hurts being paid 46 or $47 million a year? But when it comes to Lamar Jackson, they go, well, he's just a running back. Well, I don't understand that. Lamar Jackson has got a phenomenal arm. It's an elite arm. He can play in the pocket. Somebody, people got to get off these old narratives from nine years ago at Louisville. Like, it's, it's over. He didn't have the greatest support system in the passing game. When he's had time and they've had a few receivers, he throws the ball all over the lot. He's got a special arm. So I, I would seriously think about it if I'm Washington. I'm going to be interested to see how this kind of plays out. It's funny, we're in a sweet spot where we say enough things to piss off the people who love Lamar Jackson and we say enough things to piss off the people hate Lamar Jackson. He is a polarizing quarterback yeah. and we're kind of caught in the middle because we're just trying to be, we're trying to be honest yeah. and authentic and accurate about the things we believe he deserves a contract and the way to get it is to get an agent. We need to take a break. When we return, we remember one of the all time towering figures of the national football league. We'll be back with more PFT live right after this. January 2016, capping the Vikings' temporary tenure at UCF Bank Stadium in Minnesota outdoors. And there's Bud Grant. It was minus six. 
no jacket. It's insane. Short sleeves, polo shirt, and there he goes. And that was how he ran his team. It was mind over matter. No jackets, no heaters. Just go out there and play in the cold. Bud Grant, one of the legendary figures in all of American sports. He played in the NBA for the Minneapolis Lakers. He was a member of the 1950 championship team. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He had five interceptions in a game once. He coached the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to four Grey Cup championships, took the Vikings to four Super Bowls, retired at 58. Unbelievable. And coached a ton of games between the CFL and the NFL. He was 29 when he became a coach in the CFL. Passed on Saturday at the age of 95. And the Wilf family, who owns the Vikings, put it best. He was the Vikings. That's right. I mean, th- this is a guy who will forever be identified yeah. as the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, uh, it, 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 look, he was 95. I'll take 95. But it still was a stunner. Because it felt like if anybody was going to live forever, it was him. Yeah. Well, it's a special guy, a special human. You, you laid it out the right way. Legend of the sport. More of a legend than he even gets credit for. I mean, those were special teams, you know. And the fact that he never got to, you know, hoist the Lombardi trophy, uh, you know, it, it hurts his stock in most, you know, football fans' eyes. But it shouldn't. He's one of the greatest the, the, the sport has ever seen. And unfortunately, yeah, he didn't win the big one, but damn, I mean, what a run throughout history, let alone just what he did in the NFL. I mean, he won the game of life for sure. And yeah, he is the Vikings. He's the guy that when I think of the Minnesota Vikings and my first, you know, recollection of them, it's yeah, them late sixties, early seventies, him with, you know, Joe Cap and then Fran Tarkenton. I mean, that that to me is what I do think of, and it's him specifically who I think of leading that charge. So sad day for football fans in the NFL to see Bud Grant go. I've got a great print down in the barn, a painting of Bud Grant that he signed. That thing is staying there for as long as that barn is standing. It's been there for several years, and it is never moving. Bud Grant, one of the legends of the sport. We're going to be back with more PFT Live right after this. Patrick Mahomes put it best on Sunday. The NFL is going to be wild this next week. It was wild on Friday. It was wild on Sunday. And, yeah, it starts at noon Eastern today. There's going to be some news that breaks this morning inevitably. Who's going to sign where? And uh, is a certain quarterback going to play or not play? So who makes the biggest headline today? Any option you want to put on the table, Chris, that's today's draft. You're up. Well, I'm going to take the lowest hanging fruit, and I'm going to go with the the most premier D tackle on the market now that Deron Payne was signed, right, from the Washington Commanders, who, you know, we didn't get to talk about that enough. Phenomenal football player. Good job by him. But, yeah, I I just feel like Javon Hargrave, I I feel like, is going to be one of the first names that drops to get huge money, right? Defensive tackle, awesome Actually, great value rushing the passer, really good against the run, but the premier guy at that position on the market, and we know how important that is to the success of football teams, I would think he's going to get big money and uh, be big news here early on. For me, it's the guy I alluded to earlier. It's Aaron Rodgers. We need to know by noon Eastern. That's what we think. What he thinks may be completely different. We may get into the point where the market is open, deals are being done, and we don't know who Aaron Rodgers is going to play for, if he's going to play at all. But that's going to dominate, I think, the conversation throughout the day. Whether he makes a decision or not, he's making a headline. Just by existing today, he's making a headline. Yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, that, that is really the, the marquee thing here that we're all waiting for in, in football. I mean, that and Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, I, I think if, if I had to go next one here, I lost my – oh, the one I want to go, and I want to kind of play off of Patrick Mahomes' tweet a little. I feel like he, yeah, obviously knows something here. But the one where I'm most intrigued by, Mike, is Orlando Brown Jr., I really am. I just, I'm a little bit like, wait, what's, what's going on there? Does he have some team out there that he knows is about to pay him big money? 
you know, do the Chiefs feel like, hey, wait, they're going to swoop in here and be able to give him what he wants? But, you know, big big trade for them a few years ago. He's been really damn good. He's a great pass-protecting left tackle. And I'm kind of just interested to see where that goes. I don't have a feel for that situation. I feel like the Vikings are going to keep making headlines, as we've seen in recent days. Eric Kendrick's gone. Adam Thielen, gone. There's a belief that Harrison Smith will be next, maybe Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook. And this isn't really rebuilding. This is trimming the fat, getting rid of the bloated contracts, especially on defense. Like, how much worse can the defense be? It's not going to be a whole lot worse than it was last year. Why stand pat? Get rid of everybody. I'm with you. Why stand pat? Move forward. I think think they're trying to launch – uh, toward whatever it is they're trying to be by getting rid of some of these older players. And it, it it's stunning because it's recognizable names, but they're building for the future, but not giving up on the present. Let's take a break. We'll do round three right after this. The deal start at noon Eastern. Chris Sims Unbuttoned will be live on YouTube at 1 p.m. Eastern today. Go to YouTube.com slash NFL on NBC. How long are you going to be live? Uh, I, that's a good question. I mean, my podcasts usually never go shorter than an hour and a half, right? So, you know, I'm going to say it'd be around there. But if the news keeps rolling in at, you know, 215, 220, we'll keep talking and we'll keep rolling with it. So uh, we'll have some fun. You know, if you want to join in, let me know. We can get you a spot. Yeah. I don't. All right, thanks. <laughs> I don't. Uh, give me your give me your third round pick. Well, I, I guess the one that I'm like uh, I'm I'm I want to see what the Bears want to do. I mean, I, I'm I'm we looked at we talked about them earlier. They got a ton of cap space still. Their offense is kind of set for the most part. I know they could use maybe another O line men, but I got to think defensive line defense for Matt Eberflus, who's been just laying in the weeds, letting them improve the offense. Now he's going to get his chance to improve the defense. i got to look at the Bears today to be a big player. I, I, uh, I wonder what's going to happen with the quarterbacks that we haven't been discussing. We mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. Baker yeah. Mayfield, he's Baker, been linked to the Buccaneers. Right. I, I just think somebody's going to jump on him fairly quickly. Yeah. We are done. See you tomorrow morning. Have See a good ya. day. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.